Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So I'm super, super excited for this episode. This episode with Ella Ringrose, or at Ella Ringrose on Instagram. Ella is a YouTuber, so she has over 100,000 YouTube subscribers at this moment in time. And she recently got her prize from YouTube for that. And she's a women's coach, creator of the 21 Day Manifestation Challenge and Goal Getter Mindset Academy. And she's the host of the Ella Ringrose Podcast. And this episode is very very orientated towards manifestation journaling would you swap places with the people limitations the ego at play um and kind of being the, the the main character and director of your own movie and which is our lives and not letting other people kind of derail that ella's so open at the beginning talking about her her experiences and kind of moving away all that kind of stuff and leaving school at 17 and it's it's super cool to hear someone who's also irish kind of living their life by what they want to do and i'm i'm truly honored to have ella be so honest and talk about all that kind of stuff on this episode so i hope you guys enjoy the episode with ella ringrose what hey ella how are you i'm good thank you how are you i'm very good ella thank you so much for coming on and it's so weird we live i'd say within two minutes three minutes of each other yeah we just learned this now which is crazy i don't know why i thought you lived in the countryside or something yeah, because we were, I was doing the research. I was like, I could see like my head, nearly my house in her pictures. And I was like, okay, this is uh, weird. That's so we, we, Yeah, but I, yeah. I probably walk past uh, Ella's house probably on most days. So it's uh, it's strange. But Ella, I'm going to let you take over and kind of talk about how you kind of got into this whole YouTube realm. Uh, I am, as we were talking off air, I am useless at YouTube. Mm. Uh, but it's an interesting realm because you, we were talking off air about the bite back and stuff like that you potentially had. How did you get into the whole space of starting the channel? Yeah, so when I was 12 years old, I came across YouTube. Like, and the minute I watched it, I became obsessed with all like these people across the screen. Um, and so all my life, I kind of struggled in school, uh, academically and friends wise. So I was dyslexic and dyspraxic. So I was like failing everything in school, which, um, from a very early age made me think I was stupid. Like it was a belief I came up with, like, I am dumb. Like that was just like a belief I had. And so I was really struggling in school. And then also the friends part, I just didn't fit into my school. I found it so difficult too. So um, every day after school, I would I, I would just run home and go to YouTube. Like it was my escape mechanism. It, it helped me through everything. Um, but it got to a point in my life when I was 17, I couldn't take school anymore. So I actually dropped out. Um, I never did the leaving cert or anything like that. Um, I, just, I just couldn't handle it. I just found it so difficult. And um, I always wanted to be a YouTuber since I was 12, but I was petrified of what people thought like I always say this but like you think you're scared of what people thought you hadn't met me like it was so bad how much I wanted to do this but was so petrified I would like think of scenarios every day on why I can't do it because I'll get like stick and I'll get like people giving out to me or like told like you know just the backlash I guess especially in Ireland that's not as normal as like America and so when I dropped out of school my brother handed me a self-development book about um, a few months into me dropping out of school and it was called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. And I read that book. I don't know why, because I wasn't a reader, um, but I finished that whole book in one day and I went home and I did my YouTube channel. I started it that day. Um, And what I learned from that book was that like fear is an illusion. Like I didn't 
even you know in school we're not taught like about beliefs we're not taught about any of this stuff and so for my whole life I thought like the fear was real I thought that if I did this it would actually happen and all of these things and um when I realized that this was all, all just false evidence appearing real it was all in my mind it was like this um epiphany I'd had and so I did my YouTube channel I started it that day and I just became obsessed with self-development like it was like crazy like I read every book under the sun I got all the courses and um you know, I was working minimum wage gal- jobs galore. I worked seven minimum wage jobs with age 20. Um, and because I'm just the worst employee you'll ever, like, I'm just an entrepreneur at heart. Like, that's just who I am. I'm not a, not a, a working girl. And um, so every minimum wage job, I'd always be like reading on my lunch break, listening to podcasts. I became obsessed with like Gary V, Grant Cardone. Like I was obsessed with the like Ty Lopez, that whole success guru kind of area. And then when I was 20 years old, I'd gone through seven jobs and I really had so much of this knowledge and my YouTube channel wasn't really going anywhere. I was stuck on 14,000 subscribers for an entire year and nothing had changed. Like it it just wasn't growing. And um, I had all of this knowledge and I was more trying out so many different niches on YouTube with the success knowledge, but I wasn't actually teaching that. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't my niche. And so when I was 20, our family lost our home. So we were told, I was told I had to move out in a day and, you know, figure my whole life out really like find a place, do all of that sort of stuff. And um, so me and my family were able to stay at like my aunties and uncles and like a couch and stuff like that. But then, you know, I had to find a, a life from my own really. So I booked a ticket to Canada and I got so serious. I was like, okay, I have all of this knowledge. Um, I booked a one-way ticket to Canada. I moved there um, to Toronto. And I was like, I'm just going to give this, like, I'm not moving back to Ireland until I'm successful. Like, I'm not moving back until, like, YouTube's my full-time job. Like, all of this is going to be my career, like, my business. And so for that entire year um, in Canada, I, like, worked extremely hard. I hustled like crazy and just studied and And that's where I really got into spirituality and manifestation and all of that. And then within a year now, it's my full-time job. So it all worked out aligned perfectly. So, yeah. And you recently got a hundred thousand followers. You got your little, you got your trophy from uh, YouTube. Which is, I didn't think I was going to get emotional, but when I, um, when I like opened it in the, the post, like the post box thing, I just started bawling crying because it was like, I didn't realize how much that meant to me. Cause like, um, you know, when I dropped out of school, I had nothing really. And YouTube was like, all that made me give me purpose really. And, uh, I'd always like go up to Dorky, like, you know, and, uh, visualize my future and like, um, want that. And now it's happened. So it's incredible. Yeah. Cause we were talking off air about kind of when people, when you started and stuff like that, people would kind of like almost kind of jest at it or make a little bit of fun out of it, yeah, which, def- which definitely yeah. impacted yourself. How did you deal with that? Because I think a lot of people don't really do what they actually want or do what they actually value and stuff like that. So how did you um, kind of bite back or did you bite back? Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, I took it from like, I think when you get teased or when you get put down, like it's not the best driving force for that to be your driving force. But for me, it was at the time I was very young and um, wanting to prove myself was like a big thing for me my whole life, which kind of broke me out of so much epiphanies once I actually achieved that. Like I've learned so much from that, but proving people wrong was like a huge drive of mine because so much people doubted me. Like so much people were like, what the hell? Like I remember after I dropped out of school, a girl came up to me in school and um, from the school and um, one of the older girls, she was like, what the hell are you doing with your life, Ella? Like you're, this is such a stupid thing. You're so young. And like people just telling me different things. And then um, like I got 
you know, put on people's stories and laughed at. And like, um, I just was like, I like, it's like, I've, I actually can't now pull back. Like I can't stop this because then they're going to win. Right. Like I always believe, um, anyone who puts out critics or judgment or anything, is just a reflection on themselves and their own insecurities and everything like that. Like I truly believe that. And so for me, it was a thing of like, this is what I want to do and I'm going to put my values before anyone else's because a lot of people will put other people's values in front of theirs and they're devaluing their own. And in Ireland, it's a thing where, you know, if you don't really do the mainstream college, go to get a job, like it's very frowned upon. And so by me moving to Canada and getting out of, getting out of that environment was definitely the game changer for me. Like I genuinely don't think that I would have been where I am today if I didn't move from Ireland because it was like I was living in a bubble in Dublin. And even though I wasn't um, seeing these people every day, they were in my mind every day. And I was like fearing their judgment in my mind. I was like, oh, I post this. And I'm like, oh, what are these people going to say and all of this? So when I moved to Canada, I was like this complete freedom and like this whole new era of like, I can do whatever I want. And through that, I found my purpose and my passion and it all worked out for me. It all, it all you know, manifested and succeeded because I kind of just stopped putting everyone's opinions before my own. And I was just like, this is my life. This is what I want to do. And I was put in a situation through our family where like, I didn't really, you know, like at the end it was, it was got to a point where it was like, this is all I have. Like, this is what I want to do. And I'm not going to put anyone else's opinions in front of mine because like, this is my life. I need to make a living and do all of these things. So yeah, it all worked out eventually. Yeah. That's incredible because I think, the mantra that I kind of live by is everything happens for a reason and and what's meant for you won't pass you by are the two things that I always have in my head. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible to see that you took something like the unfortunate event of your family losing their home Mm -hmm. to going abroad to then starting this up, which is, which is incredible. And as you've mentioned the word manifesting, which is a word that I think a lot of people don't really understand what it is and then can also knock it because they don't fully understand the concept and the ideology behind it, which is what a lot of people do. If it's something new or something, I don't know, with something to do with the stars or that kind of stuff, especially Irish people. uh, Totally. Yeah, yeah, no, completely. I was a skeptic for years. Like I didn't believe it. I thought people were con, like scam artists as they were talking about manifestation. So I can sympathize and relate to people who are like that as well. Yeah. Where, like what, is it can you, in like one or two sentences if you can keep it to one or two sentences uh and do you feel people give it a fair chance and what would you kind of say to someone if they didn't really kind of believe in it yeah i think um one thing oh gosh okay I'm, it's gonna be more than a few sentences but for me <laughs> i'm not here to like convince people because like like when i um, started teaching this like i'm like I want to teach the people who already believe in this because for a lot of people, they're just going to bash it and that's, that's their perspective and that's totally okay. But I think it all comes down to conditioning and we've been brought up with social conditioning to believe things and look away things in life a certain way. And that doesn't always mean it's the right way, but when it comes to your paradigms being so ingrained, that's all you can really see. So I sympathize to people who like see that way because I completely get it. Like if you're brought up your whole life viewing this world and someone comes in and says no, and you're like, you can kind of go, well, no, I've had this happen to me and I've had this happen to me. How can that make sense? But in its simplest form, I think it's you attract who you are and, you know, we are all energy. If you like, I don't really even think of it a law of attraction. I more think of a law of vibration. We're all vibrating at a certain frequency, a certain energy, and we're always in motion. Like energy never stops. It's always in motion regardless. So 
we attract the experiences, the people, the things to our life regarding on the vibration that we're on. And um, yeah, that's really how I would say it. I think for people who are skeptics, it's really good to look at it from more the quantum physics aspect because it's a lot more understandable for a lot of people. But um, yeah, that's really what is you attract who you are uh, regarding what you're vibrating and what you're putting out into the world. You will get back. You think it's the older generation that kind of struggle with the ideology or do you feel that it's kind of like it's a broad spectrum? I actually, you know, that's a really good question. I actually think it's a broad spe- spectrum because um, a lot of the older generation were raised through religion, like Christianity. And for my mom, like she believes in God and she believes in all of these things. So for her, she can be more open-minded to that concept, I guess. Whereas when I, um, my whole childhood, I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in any, but I thought it was all like a bunch of crap. Like I didn't believe in it. So I found it really difficult to even believe in law of attraction and stuff. So I think it really just depends on the person and how open-minded they are. Um, I don't necessarily think that it's the older generation, but I think um, like if you look now, like on TikTok and everything, like kids who are like 10, 11, 12, 13, like they all believe in manifestation. It's like, because it's normalized for their age. So they are so easy to accept it. Whereas when you're brought up and you're not told about this and then you suddenly hear it, it's very hard for your ego, your mind to like conceptualize all of this. And I think the only way you can understand it is through experience. But I think it's definitely a specific thing, like for each person, like some people are going to believe it. Some people aren't because I've met some of people who believed it from the get go. And for me, I I had to study it for three years before I finally believed it. Like I, I thought it was a bunch of crap. Like I literally was like, this isn't real. This doesn't work. If, if it's so real, how come my life has been so terrible? But then that actually makes sense because I was thinking such all of these beliefs, because we're not taught about beliefs. We're not taught about paradigms. We're not thought about thoughts, all of this stuff in school. Um, but yeah, I think it's each to their own really. Yeah. And I think it is kind of like, it has to be an educational point of view. Uh, like I'm not talking about kind of setting up a class or a subject for that even certain on manifestation or anything like that. But I think if you can be open to someone else's opinion, it doesn't matter what it is. You have to be able if to, or to, in order to be able to um, kind of argue a point, you have to be able to understand both points of view exactly. in order to be an expert on it. Because yeah. everyone has a personal bias towards something, particularly mm-hmm. if it's say for myself, from working in the nutrition industry, someone's going to have like, you could have keto Karen or keto, keto Steve who believe keto is the greatest thing of all time. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have me who bloody doesn't like keto because mm-hmm. it just messes people's heads up. Yeah. But you, you always have to be able to see the, the points of view from both sides. Like I was going through your content and um, there were so many posts that I could have been just like, question 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 but there was one in particular that really hit home for me was the mind is a tool don't let the mind override you you are not your mind your job your income your status your negative thoughts i was like i need to read that at like 28 29 i need to read that at like 21 can you kind of expand on that a little bit more yeah totally well um it's i've i'm really interested in the ego which is the mind i think a lot of people have this belief that the ego is this guy who thinks he's so amazing and, you know, walks around thinking he's so cool and they just assume, oh, that's an ego. But an ego is literally just like the mind. And when we identify with the mind and um, how we create ident- identities as people is, you know, through our job, we are through our income. You know, we if we earn a lot of money, we could be like, oh, I'm so amazing. I'm so great. And um, we identify with all of these different things so we can feel like we have we have an identity. We are a person and it creates so much separation and I believe we're all one. We all came into this world the same way through source consciousness. And when we 
create divides through these labels, these things, and we start to turn against other people. And I think at the end of the day, like we are all in this together. And when we, you know, think we're better than other people and we put like ourselves on pedestals above, or we put other people on pedestals above ourselves. I mean, I've done that my whole life. And it creates separation. And that's like the last thing that we want. You want to understand that we are all equal. Like the equality is all we have. And when the the ego enters, um, it creates separation in this life. It creates a sense of who we are and that's not who we are we aren't our job and we aren't our status and we aren't all of these different things we are just complete as we are and i think in a world of marketing we're sold you know um we're never complete we're never whole and so we need to chase all of these things outside of us to feel something within and that's the biggest thing i teach which is i like i completely am all for striving for everything externally if that's what you desire but it's understanding you're never going to feel whole and complete unless you go within and disidentify from all of these attachments and all of these labels, essentially. As someone who's self-employed, as you're kind of talking about kind of like the chase, as someone who's self-employed, how do you move away from yourself by saying, I'm chasing a certain revenue stream, I'm chasing a certain or quantifying, quantifiable thing or certain subscribers on a YouTube channel? How do you yourself, how do you apply that kind of information to yourself? Yeah, well, it's funny you say that because I, if you asked me where I want to go a year ago, like I had my whole life set in stone, all my goals. And now it's like, I'm just kind of more flowing with it. Like I'm just enjoying it. I'm not like, I don't set targets. I don't set anything. And it's actually been just, I've just been achieving more results because I'm more focused on the work I'm putting out rather than the output. It just kind of flows naturally to me. But I think for me, um, it's it's not like I'm disidentifying from the world, you know, it's more like I love what I do and I'm not like in my mind thinking, oh, I'm so amazing and I'm so great because I have this and I do this and like all of these. I just don't like to identify from that sort of standpoint. I just like to do what I like to do and put that out to the world, if that makes sense. Like I'm not really uh, attaching a meaning to how much of all of these things that are achieving externally, if you will. I love that because I think to too many people, even if you say, if you meet someone out when you could, obviously, um, and they, you kind of, the first question that could be asked is, oh, what do you do? Yeah. It's like, you are your job. Mm, yes. And then a wall comes up and it's like judgment. Okay. You're going into this bracket of say financial strife or whatever it may be. And you're kind of yeah. like, you're not your job. Oh, completely. That's like, in, especially in Ireland, like it's the first question people ask. It's the first thing I ask. And I'm like, why did I ask that? Like people think like they, they put you in a bracket. Okay, so they make this much. Or they like, and they put you all into different of on your worth and your value when that's like not what I teach at all. You know, like that doesn't define your value, your worth, anything like that. Yeah, and I, I like we were talking about Ed Cunningham, who's a need to read on Instagram. And he was like, I'd be so happy just working in a coffee shop, just chilling, mm-hmm. chatting to people. I'm like, to, for someone to come from say like the western world when you're or like with uh, where you, most people are kind of striving for a certain x career or a certain revenue stream or whatever it may be to hear that honesty and that is so refreshing because we can all get lost in that and oh. i've been guilty of that oh i have been as well like um it's so easy to get into your ego about this sort of stuff and if you meet people in this online space, there's a lot of people that live through the ego. And it's, um, especially if you're given all this attention online all the time, like it can really fill you up, right? Like you're like, oh my God, I'm so amazing. People want to listen to me, all of these sort of things. But I think it's so important not to get caught up in that life and not get attached to that. 
Um, and I think when you detach from all of that, you find so much more peace within yourself because you're not looking at yourself from this high and mighty sort of thing. You just have compassion, love yourself just because you are. Because I believe like when we leave this planet, we have nothing to our name. Like we don't have any of this stuff that we can bring with us. And I don't feel you should rely on external things for your happiness, like solely based on your happiness. Like um, I think it's incredible to achieve things. I'm like, I love my business. Like I love my YouTube channel. It's like my baby, but it's like, I don't like to depend on that for my happiness. I'm like, because you never know what can happen in this life. You really don't. Um, like there is no certainty ever. Um, but I don't look at it from like a fear angle of like, it's going to be taken away. Like I'm just going, like just letting it all roll. Do you know what I mean? Going with the flow. Yeah, exactly. Um, you talk about kind of like on one of your posts about kind of tips on moving away from feeling guilty over prioritizing yourself. I think a lot of people do struggle with this about kind of like putting themselves first or prioritizing their own beliefs rather than giving into societal norms. Yeah. Whatever a societal norm is, I have no idea what it is, but it's a term that's thrown around an awful lot. What are the main tips that you've applied to yourself? Because I think it's important to be able to give the advice that you've worked on with yourself rather than just throwing out blah, 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 blah from a book. Yeah, I think for me, there was a quote that stuck with me for so long and um, it, it just always stuck with me, which was uh, never take advice from someone who doesn't have what you want. And I remember when I moved to Canada, okay, I was like, okay, I'm going to do online business. I'm going to do all of this. And um, I was speaking to a lot of people and they were like, no, Ella, like you, you need to go get a degree. Like, this is not a good idea. Like you need to do all of this. And I was getting all of these opinions from everyone else. And then I met my best friend, um, Sarah, in Canada, and she's very successful. And I went to her apartment and I got to see the life she was living and, and that, you know, this is real. Like, she make, like she's able to work from her laptop. She's able to travel the world. And she was like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, do your online business. Like, the way she said it with such confidence and ease, it was like, okay, this is a person who has done what I want and she's saying to go for it. But for people who are maybe unhappy in their jobs or they're, they've done a career that they don't love and, you know, or whatever it is, like, why should I take advice from someone who hasn't created an online business or hasn't done what I want to do, right? Like, especially because it's like my heart calling, it's what I desire to do. So when I met my friend Sarah, like everything changed because it's one thing to see someone online living your dream life. And then it's one thing to meet someone in like the physical world and be like, oh, she's real. Like, this is real. So that gave me the drive for like a year. But I think, um, yeah, just, I really think it is, it all comes down to social conditioning and the belief systems we hold and our whole life we're told. I think for me, it was easy to break out of that because I dropped out of school. So it wasn't like a thing of, I was told college is the, like the end, like this is the be all do all, do you know what I mean? Because from a very early age, I accepted that this isn't, I'm not going to be going the normal route that everyone else has. And for me, it didn't scare me. Like the day I walked into school, I remember I was sitting at the back of math class and I was like, um, I'm not coming back here ever again. Like I just made this decision. It was like the self thought of my mind. I'm not coming back. And I just left that day and I never told anyone in my class. Like I just disappeared. Like I just left. And um, I think also not telling people in school, I, they didn't throw all of these beliefs onto me of like, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. So I think the most important thing is literally listen to your intuition and what feels right to you. And you don't need validation from others and what you want to do. It feels right to you. It feels right to you. And sometimes I even I promote not to tell people what you want or what you're stri you're striving for because when you do, people's own limitations, their own beliefs are going to bash onto yours, and then it discourages you. So it's like let's say your intuition is telling you like for me it was like I really want to do YouTube, and then let's say I tell someone I really want to do YouTube, and they're like oh no it's hard to grow like you're not going to grow it's stupid like 
that's their limitations and that's their their belief system that they have to deal with and if they bash that onto me then it adds to my belief systems and my limitations and that's not something that I desire if that's something I want YouTube so I think it's listening to your intuition not always asking for opinions or validation or um reasonings on why you should do this I think it's a thing we all do we ask for validation it's in our DNA for acceptance like uh I know for, I'm not sure for guys but I know for girls when you go out like on a night out if you're wearing an outfit you'll send a photo to your friend you'll be like does this look okay like should I wear this you've already made up the mind in your head like you've made up the decision that you're gonna wear it but you just need that excess like validation just to approve and make you feel oh, okay I can wear it so I think practicing just doing it because you want to do and when you start to put your values ahead of everyone else else's like you start to value yourself as a person and you're not valuing everyone else's opinions and then that breaks into you know getting out of the state of fear and getting out of the limitations that other people's perceptions can put on you and I think the only way to break through fear is to go through it and to do it so like for me starting my YouTube channel was the scariest day of my life like it was something that I thought about for like five years and it terrified me but um then when I did it and I realized it wasn't all that bad that's the only way you can learn that it's not as dangerous as you think you know the ego will always make everything terrifying but um it's just your mind and then that really goes into just uh, disidentifying from the mind it's really interesting that you talk about other people's limitations being put onto you and asking for other people's opinions because we're all massive social creatures and it's very hard not to ask and listen to other people's opinions and the biggest thing that i've tried to bring into my thing is i'll always be careful who i ask in that i'll only ask the people that have walked the walk or talked the talk Mm -hmm. already Mm -hmm. and then they'll be able to say this may not be the most amazing thing you could do or whatever it is but then if you know that in your heart of heart or whatever it may be that this is the avenue you want to go down well then then that's what you have to do. But I think there could be too many cooks. That could be the other analogy of when you're looking for people's opinions. But it is interesting that other people's limitations. Uh, and would you also swap places with that person? Mm-hmm. Because especially if, if you're looking for someone to give you relationship advice and that person is single, you're like, well, that's not the most amazing person to ask. Yeah. Or if they're unhappy in a marriage, you're like, why are you asking that person? Mm-hmm. Everyone would have a different opinion. Everyone would have some sort of bias or whatever it may be or personal experience um with the clothes thing some lads will send their their pictures of their clothes some lads will not uh i know some of the lads of my mates would but uh we won't go there um <laughs> i worry about them um one of the questions i want to ask you was regarding kind of like desire and stuff like that when we question what it is what it is we desire we uncover the why and kind of the importance of living by your values Mm-hmm. Because I think it's super, super important to say, like I'm reading The Values Factor by John D. Martini at the minute. And to say that book has uh, made me think and made me a bit of an awkward turtle because it makes you think outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like how, like, like obviously with what's going on and stuff like that, so many people are like, oh, I have to have a nine to five. What is a nine to five anymore? Because it's more like a nine to nine at this stage. Mm-hmm. how do you advise people on regarding that or do you advise people on that side of stuff like in regards to finding their purpose like what it is they want to do i think um for a lot of people they actually don't know their purpose because they haven't even been given the chance to explore that whole creative side of themselves um and you know because college you're so busy with work and you're so busy i think this is one of the things about quarantine that i've found that um i think it is actually regardless I know a lot of people will believe others I think it is a very beneficial time because a lot of people are questioning their lives 
for the first time, like, they, you know, their whole life, they've been told what they want to do. They've been told to go to college. They've been told that they have to do this job. And you don't have a time to, you don't have a moment to think. And then when you're actually sitting there and questioning, like, what am I doing in my life? What do I want to do? And exploring that purpose, I think it, go, it goes from going within. It's not asking people out there what like you should do it's going within and finding out what you like and good ways to find it are like what do you like to consume in your spare time what do you do in your spare time like what's your youtube history like like what podcast you listen to all of these are like incredible instigators of like what it is that you desire to do really but i think that um it all comes back to why do you not want to maybe work your nine to five like let's say that someone's not happy okay the why is because they're not feeling fulfilled from their job okay what can give you fulfillment and just looking at these different little outlets because i think the biggest form of self-respect in my opinion is doing um iron daddy even speaks about this and every video always mentions mentions it so i think it's like ingrained in me now but i think a huge self-respect is like doing what you're passionate about doing what you love for a living because um for me i couldn't imagine like doing something that i hate for my whole life like i just feel like that's it can be so destroying to you. Like you can just be so soul destroying. And so I think people need to make it their main priority to realize what their purpose is and just go with it. And for me, like YouTube, I went through every single niche you can think of. I did makeup, I did fashion, I did lifestyle. I did like the relatable team vlogger. I did uh, mindset success. And then I found spirituality and that worked out for me. So although you may be trial, like a lot of people, they sit in the sideline and they're like, okay, I have to find out what my perfect passion is before I launch this podcast, let's say. Um, but the only way you're going to learn is through doing it. And so I had to go through every single niche in the YouTube book to realize that this was my passion, spirituality. Um, you know, YouTube was the, the main thing I wanted, but the what I was teaching was what I wanted to be most passionate about. So I didn't get there until I was exploring it for nearly four years. So I think it goes down to just not thinking and just doing and not like over, you know, um, dissecting something. You know, a lot of people go like, oh, I don't know if I like this. Like the only way you're going to understand if you, you're passionate about art is actually starting to do art. You know, like it's whatever, you know, it's not, you know, some people try and justify with their head, but it's not a mind thing. It's a, it's a knowing within you, like a feeling. And so the only way you're going to find that out is through doing it really. So I think it's, um, if you are like unhappy in your job, it's, um, you know, your main purpose should be right now figuring out what that is. Yeah, I think so many people, like a lot of stuff that comes into it is like kind of like paralysis by analysis. They start thinking this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. But that may never happen. We can't tell the future. If you can tell the future, can I have the lotto numbers? Mm -hmm. And that's where you kind of have to ask yourself as well. Like, you also, like you've said yourself, you've, you've, you've tried different things and that's the important thing is it may not work the first time, but what's the rush as well? Like you've yeah. tried the fashion, you've tried the kind of the teen stuff as well. That, and you were kind of like, right, I'm going to try this for a little while and see what it is. And then over time, because of the stuff that you surrounded yourself with and the people you surround yourself with, you change your thing completely. And eventually you're like, right, I have found my value or I found my calling or I found my whatever it is. And I think a lot of people are just like, when they do, start out something or like why am i not a millionaire why am i not six pack piece or whatever it is and they're afraid to put the effort in because they're afraid of failing to others 
totally it's no that's like the biggest thing is like people aren't going to start because then they never fail like if you're the person who puts up two episodes in a podcast like I remember I got a message this is so funny this is like two years ago I got this message from this guy and he was like hi Ella like I've been working so hard on my YouTube like it still hasn't blown up and I I'm a bit embarrassed and like I don't know what to do I go to his YouTube channel he has two videos up that were a month ago and I was there like okay I completely get it. It's like when you, you're scared to put out the first podcast because then you're going to be looked at as, oh, that's the person that failed doing the podcast or, you know, whatever it is. But um, you said something really good there. You said there's no rush, right? And um, I think when people are trying to rush, quote unquote, success or whatever it is, it's coming from a deeper feeling of not feeling worthy right now. And the ego's biggest thing is it's always going to project your future happiness. Like it's always going to be like, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when. And that's something that was a really tough pill for me to swallow a few months ago because my entire life I was obsessed with success. Like it's all I wanted. And then when I quote unquote achieved that, that's when I realized it didn't give me like the the thing that I thought it was going to, you know, that fulfillment you think the ego you always think the future is going to be the happy moment and you're going to get it in the future and I think the most important thing is living in the present moment it's not it's not out there it's not next month or next year it's it's all about in the present moment and um every moment in our life is in the present there is no moment in our life that's not going to be in the present moment and this is where the mind comes in and it lives in the past and lives in the future and so when people are in a rush to quote-unquote be successful it's because they think that it's going to make them feel this certain way then and they're just basically not enjoying the present moment, really. And um, I think it also comes down to not feeling worthy as you are right now. You feel you need these external trophies to feel worthy. And only when you get them, you're going to feel enough. And so that's something I like to tell people is that although it's incredible to you know strive and do all of these things, it's to understand that all we have is this moment. And, you know, all of this goodness that you want to feel about yourself comes from within it doesn't come from anything external you think it does and uh jim carrey said an incredible quote i'm, I'm sure you've heard it it's like i wish everyone could be rich and famous for a day so they'd realize it's not the answer and it's so easy to say money doesn't bring you happiness when you don't have the money or like oh relationship doesn't make you happy when you're not in a relationship like i totally get that and um i think it was from eckhart Tolle, and he said that's why he encourages people to you have to achieve it to realize it's not the answer. So it's not to tell people, don't try and do this because it's not going to give you that feeling, but it's like, you're going to learn from yourself because we, as much as people like to tell us all these things, we're only really going to learn from ourselves because that's when the true belief comes in, when we actually realize it through ourselves. So I say to people and I encourage people to continue doing what it is, whatever they're doing, um, and they'll learn along their own journey because we're all on our own journeys and we're all doing it our own way, right? So. 100% and I'm like uh, we're talking off air like I had a real job or as I call it or a so-called real job uh, in recruitment and sales for like five years and I like I know I was so angry when I left it was like this was like the wrong ladder against the wrong wall I wasted five or six years but I'm like that has actually shaped me or molded me to do what I'm doing now I yeah it's, you take elements from whatever you've brought along and you apply it to whatever you can so there can be a positive to what you've done maybe you've said you've been in a career for maybe 10 years and you want to move now i think it's important to say to yourself right what skills have i learned along the way what do i actually want to do can you merge the two and then kind of go from there but i think what you've mentioned there about being present so many people struggle people mm. are uncomfortable with their own headspace people mm. are uncomfortable with the six inches between their two ears have you got any tips on how to or why it is so hard and any tips on how to be more present 
because it's not yeah. easy. Yeah, no, um, it's definitely the ego. The ego is like a lot of people identify with the mind. And the biggest thing I can say is you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts, I like to look at thoughts as like beings. Like I like to look at them as like they, like people. Like they're not me. It's like a disidentified version of me. I call it Regina George. Um, like I imagine it to be like a, a girl who's rude or like you obviously mean girls, have you? Okay, okay. Uh, like I imagine it to be like a bully of some sort and they're just like insecure in their own way. I don't view my, like my thoughts as me. And when you disidentify from the thoughts and you realize they are not who you are, um, that's the most powerful thing. And the way that's changed my life is meditation, it, like changed my life um, or breath work and journaling. Journaling is definitely like the number one thing in the entire world that has changed my life. Um, I started journaling when I was like 16, I think, or 17, I don't know. Um, and it's literally just, I, I journal like 10 to 20 pages a day and I just write whatever comes to my mind. Like literally, I could write like what I'm having for dinner. I could write like a random thing. I write down my dreams. Like I just write down whatever comes to my mind. And when you see all of these limitations, these negative thoughts that you're getting on a piece of paper, you're like, you start to disidentify from that. You're like, this is not me. This is not who I am because we're so observant and we're so used to this chatterbox, this monkey mind. And then when you put it on a piece of paper, you're like, oh my God, I'm really mean to myself. Or, oh my gosh, I'm so cruel to myself. And you start to observe it. And that's when the observer comes in or people call it consciousness, people call it enlightenment, people calling it um, the being, but it's being the observer, the third party, the third eye of this voice in your head and realizing it's not you. And I think that's the most powerful thing in this world that people can do is understanding you're the observer. And then that can get into a whole different like thing where people are like, well, what's the observer then? Cause you're able to observe your thoughts. You're like, what's this observer type. But um, um, for me, yeah, it's just observing and just, just starting to become and listen to your thoughts and realize that that's not who you are. This is um, an ego you've shaped over time from the minute you were born. And um, through that meditation journaling, incredible, changed my life. Yeah, I would recommend everyone to do that. And I think a lot of people, I know myself, when I first started doing it, I was like, this is going to be very, very uncomfortable. This is going to be like, I'm afraid of what I'm going to write on the page. But I think, as you said, once you let the ego just like, tell it to fuck off and just kind of start writing Yeah, a bit more poetic than that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but as soon as you start writing, it becomes a hell of a lot easier. And I think once again, it starts that whole analysis or paralysis by analysis of just kind of like, Oh, what if this happens? What if this happens? But no one else has to see what you write. Oh no, not at all. No, I think I, so I, many, I, I'm not going to my journal to anyone. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people, because there's, because so many people are sharing their lives on social media. They think this has to be the thing is like, here's my diary. Yeah. Have a look at my diary. Or Show me. Perfect. In case someone reads it. Like when I first started, I was like, okay, I'm going to like lay off on the edge. Cause like I'm paranoid. Someone read it. But now like God knows what I write. Like I have about like 20 journals just in my wardrobe, like just written, just random words in them. Like I don't even know what's in them. Um, yeah. Free writing. It's incredible. When you just let go. I think the thing is people, um, like you said, they want it to be a certain way. It's because they're judging themselves and they have fear of judgment. So if you remove the fear of judgment and you just write whatever, it's the most therapeutic thing you can do. And I've done therapy and journaling has helped me like tremendously more. Like I can't explain it. It changed my life completely. It's incredible. Do you ever go back and read the old stuff? Oh, all the time. Um, Cause I, a big thing I teach is scripting. That's like one of the biggest things I teach in my channel and everything I write manifested, like everything. Um, I read my scripting from a year ago and um, two years ago and everything that I visualized and wanted in my life, I have now. 
Um, and I, that's like through the power of the mind and the power of writing it out. Um, yeah, I always go through them. It's so refreshing. And I love like seeing the way I used to think versus the way I think now. now. And, and like we sometimes forget, like when we reach a certain stage in our life, like uh, income wise or whatever it is, and you forget where you were. And so sometimes I look back and I realize like, okay, I got like how far I've come from the person I was then. And it's so refreshing and it's such a nice thing to um, do and it encourages you to keep going. Yeah. I, I think that it, it is refreshing when you do look back at the person that started it compared to where you are, because as you said, when you start to write, it is almost like a writing journey or rather than and seeing the evolution of what you actually thought about yourself to actually how much work you've put in and the little, the little stops along the way that you've got to. Obviously, it's going to be days when you don't want to do it. It's like anything. But mm-hmm. it's kind of those days that are important to make sure that you do them because they're the, they're, that could be when you look back at your journey, you're like, okay, that was the day I felt like shit. Or you can recognize a trigger that you potentially maybe didn't have an amazing sleep or you had a row with someone around and you can notice your triggers so you can knock that on and change those little habits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. One of the posts, I, I, I don't know, I've read, I've read this somewhere, I heard this somewhere recently. I think that's why it's so fresh in my mind about it's time to start being the main character in your movie. You're the lead role, the scriptwriter and the director. And I think that is an unbelievable statement. I can't remember where else I heard this, but can you kind of expand that a little bit more? Yeah, I think... Um, most of our lives we live in the back and we're trying to please everyone like we're trying to please our friends our family or if you have kids like you're just trying to please everyone in the hopes of feeling loved and deserved and wanted and when we put everyone like, like I said if you're putting everyone before you you're not actually it's not self-love it's not actually worthying and value valuing yourself as a person and one of the most powerful things you can do is actually learning boundaries learning how to say no like if you don't want to do something you do not have to do that and when you put yourself back in the driving seat and you realize like this is what i want to do i'm going to do that um it's very powerful and a lot of people respect that as well because it shows a lot of self-respect in yourself and a lot of self-love in yourself and so i think for so long i was the biggest people pleaser in life it's still something i'm trying to like practice because i i've been a people pleaser all my life and you know i was like oh yeah okay i try to be the nice girl i try and please everyone and i just felt more worthless and i would put everyone on pedestals and i would think everyone had it all figured out and everyone was so much more incredible than me and when i just started to go actually i don't want to do that i want to do this and my life just got so much so much better like you know me moving to Canada like if I wanted to please people I might have stayed in Ireland and done all of these things but through putting yourself in what you desire first you're valuing yourself as a person and people feel that and people want to be around you just for being you and obviously that's not like the main goal but um, I think I just think a lot of people don't prioritize their assets and their needs and I think it's the biggest form of self-care I think making sure like I think once you can focus on yourself and say to yourself, right, if someone asks you to come into your time, taking a step back and don't be afraid to say no, because I think those two, that two letter word has kind of like changed my headspace in relation to if I don't necessarily want to do something or if I feel that I'm going to prioritize or it's not to do with my values around like that. It can become, especially at the beginning, you do get bite back. Mm-hmm. you do get bite back but then over time people kind of take not that you need their validation but you kind of take a step back or you take a seat back and they're kind of, they actually recognize what you're actually trying to achieve yeah. and 
it's a, it, not that you need their validation or anything like that, but it is important to live the way you want to rather than, as we've spoken about a lot, is society. The last question I'm going to ask you, Ella, is in relation to the books. To, to narrow it down to three books, I don't know how you're going to do it, but what three books would you recommend and why? Oh, gosh. Um, it depends. Like, oh, it depends um, what you're striving for. Like, if it's success, if it's, like, fulfillment. And, like, I think for me the best, the most incredible book ever is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Like, that's just a given. It's, like, the Bible for me. It's the best thing ever. And it really is so refreshing because a lot of self-development books are, again, always looking in the future. What can I achieve? What can I do? And when you have four copies of it, I've had the audio book. I have the Practicing the Power of Now and the book and the audio. Like, it's just incredible. I'd highly recommend it to anyone. Um, that's probably the best one. It's just the the only book you ever need to read about mindfulness. Um, with regards to, like, quote-unquote success, one, like, achieve your dreams – Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is incredible. I've read that a couple of times and he studied all the great people who were very successful and how they thought. And he speaks all about manifestation and how thoughts are the stemming point to success. And um, I love that book in regards to, because I've just read it so much. And then I'm trying to look at my bookshelf because there's so many. I think another one is You Are a Badass at Making Money. Um, I think that book also really changed my life in regards to money mindset, something I never even thought about um it's a lot about manifesting money it's incredible it changes your you, you know when people um because this is something i'm studying more than ever is language with money and how people speak about money and how people view money and how we can attract more money into our life and that book opened my eyes to um money manifestation and actually propelled me to decide to do my online business that was the book that i was like okay i'm gonna start my online business like make it like legit it was that book um yeah mad how certain books can come along and just kind of like you latch onto an ideology from it and you're like all right i'm gonna action this and i think mm-hmm. so, so many people have actioned that i know myself there was a book that hit me at the right time at the beginning of lockdown which was man's search for meaning by victor frankel i was mm-hmm. like that was because like, it's about kind of like a psychologist in a concentration camp in nazi germany mm-hmm. and it was like how to get through that whole you've a, you've a choice of how you survive or how you choose your suffering. I was like, all right, this is like a lockdown in a, in a like 150 pages. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was like how he survived it, how he saw how other people didn't cope with everything and how he how he knew when they were gone, when they when they were about to pass. And it was, it was it's only 150 pages, 170 pages of the story about Icewich. And then it's like his, his logother- logotherapy, or logoth- without the South Side accent. Uh, it depends how you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, Ella, I cannot thank you enough. There's so much gold in that episode. Um, where can people find out about your podcast, work with yourself and your YouTube channel? Thank you so much for having me on. First off, I enjoyed it. I love going on podcasts and uh, it's great to see people from Ireland, like, you know, achieving and doing the same things. Um, so yeah, for YouTube, I mean, my name is everywhere. It's just Ella Ringrose on YouTube. My Instagram's at Ella Ringrose and then my podcast is the Ella Ringrose podcast. So nothing new there and then you know you can find all my links in my videos and everything like that but yeah they're my main platforms and i post very regularly on all of them so yeah i'm going to put all the links into the write-up guys if you want to work with ella check out the podcast it's incredible she's had some incredible guests uh, and some information on it like if you enjoy the episode at all please do tag ella and i up on your story leave a review if you don't leave a review you're a chump um so ella thank you so much for coming on today 
thank you so much for having me.